Here's Elliott side by side down the back stretch. Chastain in turn one drives it in deep to the problems bottom. along the front stretch. Kyle Larson gets sideways. He's young. He's informed. He's J.C. Fickenshaw, and it's time now to raise the door on J.C.'s garage. Welcome to J.C.'s garage. I'm J.C. Fickenshaw, joined by David Styles. Kyle Larson kicks off the 2023 playoffs with a win. Kind of the first time we've seen him put together a whole race in that crew since the All-Star race. Um, they had a good car for majority of the night, um, hit the wall, and Kyle Larson said he might have had a little bit of towing damage, but they were able to get that car moving again and comes home victory, uh, holding off Tyler Reddick. And I think Denny Hamlin's our biggest talk because starting the the, sh- the race off, nobody could catch him. He he dominated the thing. Um, without any mishaps, he should have just breezed to victory lane, um, but didn't end up going his way. He, uh, coming on pit road, had a little bit of a mistake, and uh, that was pretty much it, put him back in the pack. And he said... He thought he had a loose wheel. The The talk about it is, did he? Because the past, there was about 50 laps after he came down pit road to come again and, and fix the loose wheel, quote unquote, which I'm going to believe him. Um, a driver at his status, if he says something is up with the car, I'd believe him. Um, but that pretty much ended his night. Uh, nobody on the team, on his team, could figure out what the problem with the car was. And once they threw on a new set of tires, he got back on track. He he was good on speed. He just got caught up in another wreck. But I want to get your thoughts on Kyle Larson coming home, getting a win, and kicking off the 2023 playoffs. So they asked Larson, how many times do you think you hit the wall? And after the race was over, he said, well, I probably kissed it about 20-something times. And that's just that dirt racing background that he has. He was able to run in that very narrow lane at the top of Darlington and I mean, if you were watching the television broadcast, you saw it a few times where he would be inches away from the wall and just barely graze it. And Tyler Reddick was doing the same thing. Both of those guys, a great dirt uh, background. And I'll go ahead and admit it. Tyler Reddick, he showed up and he leapfrogged a number of spots here in the playoff standings coming out of Darlington and going into Kansas. So I'll go ahead and admit, I was completely wrong about Tyler Reddick last week on this show. Mm-hmm. I thought that he might have an early exit, and now it's stacking up for that 2311 team to be really good You know, two weeks in a row. And Bubba Wallace had a very good run as well. He got caught up in an early caution with him and Joey Logano and then fought his way back after a pit road problem and that wreck and finished seventh. So it was kind of an interesting flip-flop we had all of these Fords qualify really really well I mean it was like 10 out of the top 15 cars were were Fords and then all of a sudden at the end we have a Chevy a Toyota the only Ford with Chris Buescher and then Byron Chastain and then Brad Keselowski so RFK both of their cars in the top 10 and those were the only two Fords uh, besides Blaney who finished in ninth so three yeah so it it really took a big swing backwards and, you know, I think a little bit of that was all the issues we saw on pit road. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody having a few mistakes and Denny Hamlin's where, like you said, they thought he had a loose tire and you have to believe your driver and come back down and put four new tires on it because they could only go about what, 32, 30 laps, yeah. laps on a set of tires at Darlington. 
because of the racing surface and how abrasive it is. So there were going to be a lot of pit stops anyway. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a few of the teams, especially the playoff teams, they just had bad days on pit road. I mean, yeah. and then once they got behind, they really couldn't catch back up because the way the tire strategy was. Yeah, it, this race plays into the part of survival of the fittest. I think it's with the Coke 600, it's the hardest race to get through um, the night. The amount of pit stops there is and how hard it is to keep up with the track um, makes this race super hard. And we saw it with plenty of playoff drivers and a ton of drivers who were outside the playoffs. Um, the mistakes on pit road pretty much end your night instantly uh, in this day and age of NASCAR, how fast they pit the cars. It, it, when you have a mistake or you have a penalty on pit road, it better be in the first stage or else your race is over. Um, just recovering from it, it's it's really hard. And at Darlington, we see great racing. I, I love the watching the drivers get up by the wall and and drive the car as close to it as possible. But it is very hard to pass there. Um, when there's two lines on the track, realistically, one that's a lot faster than another one. We saw it at the end of the race. I think Tyler Reddick had a better car um, than Kyle Larson. He just would get to about a quarter of a second behind Larson and just couldn't do anything with the dirty air, uh, wasn't able to keep the car planted in the turns. And um, I think the the main problem that drivers have at Darlington is pit road. It's a tough pit road to get to. A lot of mistakes can happen on it. And when you lose track position on Darlington, it's it's so hard to gain it back. And like you said about the dirty air, I thought it was very cool to see Larson run a mm -hmm. couple of different lines. Yeah. I mean, he would have this very kind of low arch out of turn one and two and then go really high down the backstretch and then keep it almost planted in the wall out through three and four and then kind of mm -hmm. diamond down. And no one had, you know, no one else was really able to run that line. And like I said at the beginning, he, he hit the wall like 20 something times. It's yeah. just that this car now is able to take a little bit more damage because if you hit the wall 20 something times in the, older generation car you're going to be scrap metal at yeah. some point but these new composite bodies are just a little bit more forgiving and so mm. we saw especially tyler reddick kyle larson and a couple of other drivers uh denny hamlin they're able to graze that wall get that darlington stripe but it doesn't really knock them out of the race yeah now another instance where you know just mistakes being made there was a a late caution between Denny Hamlin and Michael McDowell. Is that right? Is that yeah. I'm thinking of the same yep. one? And that pretty much knocked McDowell out of out of the race I, completely. Mm -hmm. And I mean that was a huge hit for him because he's you know, he's got a few other, you know, two other tracks left, but he's gonna have to race really, really hard now. He's down nineteen points below the mm -hmm. cut line. And I mean for a, a small team and a small organization that kind of has to pick and choose where they're going to be really good at sometimes, I think they're kind of behind the eight ball. Yeah, I, I think at this point, 19 points is recoverable. You can gain that back. But for Michael McDowell, I think as of this point, he's in a must-win position going into Bristol and Kansas. And I think it's possible. That that team can pull something out, I think, at Kansas maybe with a, a car that they bring that has some speed. They could possibly be in contention there but a lot of things would have to go their way um for Stenhouse though the guy just above him had a 
not great race, but it was manageable. He didn't finish great. He didn't run great. But that's what Michael McDowell needed to do. Michael McDowell was sitting good coming into the playoffs. He wasn't too far back. I think he was maybe eight or seven points outside of the cut line. Um, but a day that he didn't have a great car and ended up wrecking and finished like 40 laps down, it just didn't go his way. And I think for that team to be in the playoffs is really impressive. But um, realistically, for them to advance in a must-win, it's a very slim chance right now. They're not in danger, danger yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, yeah. they still have two races left. And and I see these as kind of how Jeff Hammond explained it, where you've got these individual rounds that you're going to have to fight through. Each one of these next, you know, these 10 races in the playoffs is kind of like a little individual mm-hmm. round. And so we saw, you know, Truex, he used up all of his playoff points. He's now sitting in the bottom half of this uh, 12. He's plus 25, which is still good, yeah. but he was plus 36. Mm-hmm. And now William Byron is plus 45. Him and William were tied coming mm-hmm. into Darlington, and now he's like four positions behind him. So, you know, you, you can't use up all of these points early mm-hmm. and, yeah. and do it twice in a round because you may get bounced. For McDowell, he had... A bad race on this first one. Now he's got to come back out and have two good consecutive races. And he hasn't been super stellar at Bristol. But, again, he's been pretty good at road courses. And those short tracks, they tend to be a little bit like the road courses, especially Bristol, where yeah. you're getting a little bit of a rhythm. So I don't think it's – he's, you know, write him off just yet. I mean, mm-hmm. down 19 still – Yeah, a, a it's still possible. Big, it's a just, pretty big deal, but he's got yeah. a shot. So It's – for me – the reason I'm putting him in a must-win is because the drivers in front of him, I think they're going to be more consistent. You Arguably, they have been all year round. They're in better equipment. Um, and then two tracks we're going to that don't really fit Michael McDowell's driving style compared to the road courses and the super speedways. It's possible. It's still possible. Uh, if Bubba Wallace, Kevin Harvick, Ricky Stenhouse, Christopher Bell, Drew Lagana, they go out to Kansas and they end up on the back of a tow truck, then it's going to put him right back in the game. But for three or four drivers to end up on a tow truck at Kansas, uh, you'd have to be pretty lucky for the selective ones. Uh, I think it's possible. He's going to have to win win stages. He's going to have to finish well in stages, and he's going to have to finish in the top five, top ten in both of these races. Uh, He can't do what Bubba Wallace did this week, which what Bubba Wallace did was he ran a pretty much perfect race to what he had to do uh, for Darlington, where he's not incredible at. He uh, went out there, managed a race, finished in the top ten. If Michael McDowell does that if Michael McDowell goes out and and finishes in the top 10 at both Bristol and Kansas I don't think it's enough points for him to to jump over so he's gonna have to finish well and run the entire race from start to finish in the top 10 and that's you know one reason why I think that Bubba and Tyler Reddick are both sitting really good right now I mean Bubba is one point out Mm -hmm. From being in the round of twelve, he's in thirteen and going to his best. And going track. to his, one of his best tracks, mm-hmm. and he's—I don't know if the right word is—he's been on fire lately. Because when I think of that, yeah. I think you're winning, winning races. Yeah, he has been extremely consistent and doing exactly what he needs to do to maintain where he's at in mm-hmm. the playoffs. So him and his crew chief Booty Barker—they—they're on the same page. 
I feel like they're managing one another. You know, Booty's able to manage him pretty well at this moment. And I think if he continues to do what he does and just stay really consistent and keep his race car clean, he he very well could find himself in the you know the top twelve yeah. and then on to the next round. And then he's got Talladega in that yeah. round, and so he he's pretty good at the super speedways. So I, I think Bubba's got a pretty good chance to move out of this bottom four. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about Harvick. Mm-hmm. He was running a great race. Started yeah. on the inside of row one on one of those restarts, and then we had a caution, and they came down pit road. They were pitting. They were from the lead. on the apron. When the wreck happened, the caution flag came out. The lights came on. He hadn't crossed the commit line yet for pit road, and he pitted under caution when pit road was closed. And that put him at the tail end of the field and pretty much ruined his day. I mean, running yeah. top five pretty much all day, ends up finishing way, way back uh, in the top 20, but he finished 19th. Mm-hmm. So that pretty much sunk the ship for yeah. the four team. And it's not like he just lost winning the race. Come pitting from the lead and and basically right then and there having your race fall apart. He lost points. If he finished, which I'm guessing he would have finished in the top 10 top five um where would he be sitting on points he'd probably be on the upside of the cut line a a few points safe um but christopher bell would probably yeah christopher bell would probably be in kevin harvick's position and bubba wallace would probably be right there next to him but i think kevin harvick watching him this race it was the the first race this year he's been very consistent but the first race this year, I've watched him and I said, I think he could win this. Like, I thought he had a car good enough at the end that he could have stayed out in front of William Byron, Tyler Reddick, and Kyle Larson. Um, didn't fall his way. Uh, just didn't didn't happen. Uh, really, really unlucky. But he still had a good overall day. He was in the top 10 majority of the day, had some stage points. And where he's sitting right now, two down, two out of the playoff cut line, can't write him off going into Bristol and Kansas. No. Uh, especially Bristol, which is our cutoff race. I, I see Kevin Harvick as a very good driver there. Um, and, and I think that's what you have to do in these playoffs. As a driver who's below the cut line, he had a car that was good enough to win the race, but he managed in the top 10 and, and had stage points. And I think that's the biggest thing. You can win races, but it is so hard to win races uh, in the NASCAR Cup Series. But the stage points in the playoffs are the biggest things. And uh, for, for him to at least get out of Darlington with some points, um, that's the upside. But really, could have been a huge day for Kevin Harvick. Yeah, and, and Tyler Reddick was a guy that got stage points. He finished second and fourth in stages one and two and then finished second overall. So that is that is a big testament to why he leaped up so far mm-hmm. in the standings. I mean, he's in third place right now. Larson has already clinched. A spot in the round of 12 with a win. William Byron plus 45 and then Tyler Reddick plus 30. Again, we kind of touched on it a minute ago, but Truex used up a lot of his credit, I think. he, yeah. They just weren't good all day. Denny had, like we said, had a good car, led 177 laps, but those pit road issues kind of you know, put him further back in the pack. Who else out of these 16 drivers do you think showed – you know, the the wherewithal or had a really good day at Darlington to where you're like, okay, I think they're pretty safe to get into the round of 12. I uh, I think the guy we've talked the past five weeks about, Chris Buescher, um, and Brad Kozlowski, both RFK cars, 
stellar days. Um, Chris Buescher ran top 10 majority of the day and just every pit stop, they kept getting better. And I think that's what we've seen from Chris Buescher the entire, what, last month and a half, two months. That team, whether they unload with speed or not, every pit stop, they gain speed. And uh, Chris Buescher is able to keep the car clean on track and yet again, top three, finishes third. Um, He's one of the hottest guys in NASCAR, if not the hottest guy in NASCAR right now. Has a ton of momentum, finishing in the top three on a racetrack that Darlington, I thought he could come into the top ten and finish in the top ten easily. Legitimately had a chance to win. Had a chance to win and was coming down on, on Tyler Reddick. He was gaining probably the past ten laps on Tyler Reddick. Let's say that they had a caution at 10 laps to go. Chris Buescher probably had the best car out of those three. Um, but just Chris Buescher has raced the past month and a half about as good as you could pick anybody to. He's finished the races. He's kept the car clean. He's won races. Uh, he's my guy as of right now to make it all the way to the championship four. I, I set him outside of it. I put him in between Kyle Busch and, and him uh, when we called picks last week, but going to Darlington at a track that he's not necessarily known for, coming out of there with a car that could have won and finishing top three, uh, winning stages, or not winning stages, but finishing well in the stages. Um, going to Kansas next week, I expect both RFK cars to be really good there. Bristol, a track that he won last year, both RFK cars pretty much dominated that race. Um, I-, I think he, with momentum, is my driver that, that for the playoffs— He's going to get there. I want to talk about another Ford and ask you about this. There are only four drivers that finish in the top 10 in both stages. Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick, Brad Keselowski. And can you name the fourth one? Do you have a guess? In the top 10? That finished in the top 10 in all three, all three stages. So Larson, Reddick, Brad Keselowski, and there's one more. I don't think it was Logano because he got involved with that incident with Bubba Wallace. He was in 10th on, like, the second stage. It could have been Ryan Blaney. It was Ryan Blaney. Yeah. He had a very good, just very consistent race under the radar. After a huge lick from the week Mm -hmm. before at Darlington, he finished 5th, finished 7th, and then came home in ninth. So a a good run for 12-team. Really good run for for the— Penske in general, Joey Logano had a solid car up until the issue with Bubba Wallace, and then that towing damage pretty much set him aside. But they they unloaded pretty well. Ryan Blaney had a solid race, um, but Penske's just we haven't talked about them since the Coke Six Hundred um, with the Fords, uh, with RFK and Front Row winning races. They've kind of been in the shadows for a while. Um, but I expect both of those drivers to be good in the playoffs and for them to come out at Darlington and have two solid cars. They weren't great, but two solid ones. Um, that's a good up for them. Kansas, not really set on them yet. I, I could see Joey Logano and Ryan Blaine being really good at Kansas, but again, the Toyotas have been so well there and, I think Kyle Larson, William Byron, those two will be really good at Kansas. So for them, a, a solid race. I'll give it to them. A solid race. Didn't finish well for Joey, but Ryan Blaney had a great race under the radar. Um, and that's what you got to do. He sitting just inside of the playoffs going into Darlington, had a very solid race, getting stage points, and, and that's what you got to do. 
So I know that we had a little bit of a power outage. <laughs> so kind of moving into this, I wanted to ask you before we get into the silly season stuff and what we think will happen in Kansas, where do you rate this Darlington race, this cookout Southern 500? I thought it was a really good race, had a lot of interesting pieces into it. Um, a lot of different stories with playoff drivers. Um, I thought the finish could have been a little bit better. I, I liked watching the last 30 laps, though, like seeing if Tyler Reddick could actually go up there and pass Kyle Larson. And there were points where I was like, he's going to, but never ended up happening. I, I'm going to rate this race kind of similar to Daytona. I think it's like a 7-8, seven, 7-9, seven, um, mainly because of the talks with the playoff drivers. A lot of playoff drivers that had good days that went bad. A lot of playoff drivers that had bad days that went good. Um, and the playoff implications, on paper, it doesn't look like a whole lot changed. But realistically, the drivers who were in the red, besides Michael McDowell, had good days. And and I think to kick off the playoffs, Darlington was a really good race. I'm going to rate it a little bit lower than you. And... For that reason, I'm going to say the the biggest one is the lack of being able to pass just in those two narrow lanes. I thought the racing was spectacular. It's always really good at Darlington. It's one of my favorite tracks to go to. But also, you got to make sure your lights work. (laughs) Come on. You know it's going to be a night race. You should test those things out and make sure that, you know, it's it's ready to go. And we saw a little bit of a red flag for that. And, I mean, I get it. You're driving a multi-million dollar piece of racing equipment and mm-hmm. like Kyle Larson said on his in-car radio well I've it's been darker at dirt tracks I've raced at but there's a little bit more on the line <laughs> here like you know there's big implications and I don't want to send it into turn three and then not know where I'm going so they did get it finally figured out but to me it was kind of the that wasn't a huge deal I'm just trying to yeah. be a little funny but the lack of passing for me is probably one of the big things yeah. but I, I'm like you I thought the drama for the playoff drivers was spectacular. The last 10 laps had me on my feet pretty much the whole time because Eric Jones was kind of yeah. cycling back up toward the front. He did a, a little bit of a strategy thing on pit road. So I thought the overall racing was pretty good. I'm going to say this was probably about a 7.7. I mean, mm-hmm. I, good playoff race, good way to start the 2023 playoff season. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought when you go to a track like Darlington, it's – our most narrow track when it comes to actually racing lines when there's you can only fit two two cars side by side barely um i think this race has been really good it's just the dirty air and and nascar's been trying to figure that out and we've seen it at the mile and a half so they it's gotten a lot better but it's still for a car like tyler reddick which i'm gonna be honest i thought tyler reddick's car was better i think if he got side by side or out in front of kyle larson on that run um, he would have just driven away into the night. Um, but that's part of the racing with Kyle Larson. Um, I mean, the, so the ability to run multiple lines and yeah. just put his car in front of Tyler Reddick that entire run. And Kyle Larson had the ability to run lines that drivers like Tyler Reddick, which Tyler Reddick's probably one of the most top, like a top five with driver skill. The skill for him to to go on a track and run by the wall or pretty much run anywhere on a track. He's one of those guys like Kyle Larson, like Ross Chastain, uh, who can do that. And Kyle Larson can run lines that those guys can't. And that's why Kyle Larson's a championship driver. And that's why he went out to Darlington and survived it and won. 
I mean, he gave Hendrick their 299th win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's a big deal. I mean, it is. I mean, 299 wins. They're knocking on the door of 300. They'll probably get it this year. Yeah. Um, looking forward to Kansas. I do you think they'll get win 300 at Kansas? I don't think at Kansas. I I think the Toyotas are just so good at Kansas that it'll take a lot for a Chevy to win there. Um, it's possible. But what we've seen from 2311 and Joe Gibbs at Kansas the past two years. Um, it's domination, and and that's why I think Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick, where they're sitting, both even though Bubba Wallace is outside of the cut line, they're sitting really good. Um, going into this race, because my expectations for both of them are top five pretty much the entire day. Um, they they're gonna be really fast here. Uh, we've seen it last year. Bubba Wallace won this race. They were really good here in the spring. I think for 2311 and Joe Gibbs uh, with Hamlin, Christopher Bell, and Martin Truex, they're going to be really hard to beat here um, just based off speed. And since we're on the topic of Toyotas, it came out mm-hmm. on Monday that Denny Hamlin was signing with JGR. They're going to re-up his deal, and that 2311 would be staying with Toyota. Mm-hmm. So as one <laughs> of only two teams with all of their cars in the playoffs, mm-hmm. What do you think this means kind of moving forward for 2311? I mean, I think it's a good thing. I think I, it's a good thing. I, I think this is this was the best case for the team um, to stick with Toyota. I, I like that decision for Denny Hamlin um, because the numbers of Toyota, it's low and the, the dark side is the super speedways, but there's only six of those in the year. So the the strength that Toyota can bring to all six of these cars, which they're going to have eight next year with the two legacy cars, but they're able to spread out their equipment more evenly. And uh, I think Toyota overall will be the best manufacturer based on the the finishing of each car they have. I, I think it's like Chevy, they have RCR, you have Trackhouse, and you have uh, Hendrick, and they're all good teams. But then you have the Spires and teams like colleague that are solid, but they're they're not gonna win races every week or at all. Um, so I think for Toyota having eight cars, all all eight of those cars I expect next year, the legacy cars are gonna be really questionable on how they start, but the six that they have now, all of them can win a race at almost at any given track. So out of all the Toyota teams that we're gonna have in 2024, where do you rank them? I mean, JGR's got to be number one, right? I think and then JGR. Who, how does it go one. after that? Um, I think it will go. It'll it'll stay how it is now, meaning JGR twenty three eleven, and then Legacy at the bottom, um, mainly because we don't know how Legacy is going to be next year. Um, they haven't been great this year. I think they've had a step down year compared to last year, and they've had a lot of off track uh, issues. I think we can say. Um, but next year it's a real big question mark, but I still think they're going to be very competitive. I, I see them coming in as a team that's better than colleague, maybe even with RCR, which RCR started this year really good. Um, they've shown weekends where they've been good, but Austin Dillon's been 15th, 20th, most of the weeks. 
Uh, Kyle Busch is their lead car by by a decent margin. I, I think that that legacy team with Toyota will be right around the RCR level. I, I can see that. I think that's a that's a solid estimation. For me, I like you said, I'm looking at 2311 to be really good in Kansas. Who else do you think could have a good showing? I mean, I think Truex really <laughs> needs it. Um, Logano, Christopher Bell, a dismal day after he qualified really well. So, yeah. I mean, there's a few teams that really need to finish good at Kansas. I, I think all the Toyotas are going to be good. All of them that are in and Ty Gibbs, who's the only Toyota outside the playoffs. I think all of those drivers you can count on to be solid in that race. Um, I could see Ross Chastain going out there having a good day. Um, Stenhouse could be a low-radar guy who has a solid day at Kansas. Kevin Harvick, I think, could go out there with a, a solid car. And then the RFK cars, I see, to be good. Um, I think William Byron and Kyle Larson, we expect to be good pretty much anywhere. Um, but other than that, Kyle Busch kind of don't really know where he's going to finish. He he had a solid day at, at uh, Darlington, but we just don't have a, a lot on him. They, they were good early in the season, and they've kind of just evened out they haven't been anything crazy um he could be really good at, at kansas this week but i don't see him being better than the 2311 cars or the joe kibbs cars and then michael mcdowell and the two penske cars again not really sure where the where they'll place uh the penske cars were good at darlington had a solid day and they've been kind of 50 50 on the intermediates i, I think some races they show up some they don't ryan blaney won at charlotte but They've showed races like earlier this year at Kansas. They really weren't there. Um, so I think this race is really even between all teams, but there's four drivers, five drivers, who I I have no clue if they'll come with speed or not. So do you think a non-playoff driver could end up winning this race, or is this going to be a playoff driver kind of feast here in Kansas? I think... It's going to be a playoff driver feast, but I do think that there's some non-playoff drivers that could sneak one out. Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, they could they could be solid here. Uh, Daniel Suarez, he, he had a great run going at Darlington, got into it with Alex Bowman, ended his day. I think he'll be... So he could be solid at Kansas. And then Ty Gibbs is probably my biggest circle of a driver outside the playoffs who could win Kansas in a Toyota... Uh, probably one of his better tracks we've seen him run um so i i think it's going to be a playoff feast but there's still a couple drivers three or four of them outside the playoffs who are going to be knocking on that door every week okay so i got two things that i want to ask you to and these are not playoff related or kansas related what did you think of ryan priest taking his sunglasses off for the first time after he got out of the uh out of the wreck and they he did his press junket the first time in darlington I thought it was uh is pretty interesting to see his face. It, I I didn't expect him to have like black eyes and and bloodshot eyes. I I guess from the severity of hitting his head, but I, I think I I can't really say it on here. But is really it was gnarly. It was gnarly. It was, it was very really cool. gnarly. Um, I think a lot of that happened from just the the G force and the inertia <laughs> of him flipping multiple times at Daytona. He's just a tough dude. Yeah. I mean, and he people don't realize this, but he's a big guy. Like he, he is, is a yeah. very big uh, you know, man. And so for him to be able to get out of the car and 
they, you know, everyone, you know, take your glasses off and he takes them off and he looks like a raccoon for lack of a better, you know, imagery. And to me, it's just, man, this is, that's a tough guy. And then yeah. again, I'm going to give some kudos to Blaney. Took a very hard lick and mm-hmm. he had a pretty daggum good race. Finished fifth yeah. and seventh and stage one and two and then finished ninth overall. So yeah. I, to me, that that's just a testament to that these drivers are actually athletes. I mean, mm-hmm. it. It is a very athletic feat to get in a car and drive it. And that shows the side of the danger of racing and also the safety that we have um, for both of those guys to be able to race a week after their incidents and both be healthy. And I think that's the most impressive thing we've seen uh, from the jump from last year to this year is the car's safety, which it it was very safe last year. Just the the rear end clip and the front clip um, were were the main problems. Where if a car got backed into a wall or hit head on, the all the inertia would go straight to the driver and cause concussions. And we saw it all year last year. And uh, Ryan Blaney's wreck was closer to the the style we've seen last year, where drivers would get concussions and. Uh, I think Ryan Priest's wreck was probably the gnarliest flip, like craziest single car wreck I've ever seen. And for both of them to be able to race a week after that, no time off the track, uh, I think that's the most impressive thing we've seen from 2022 to 2023. So the second question that I wanted to ask you, who was right, Bowman or Daniel Suarez? I mean, they've they've had a feud for Mm -hmm. a while. I mean, ever since Coda. I mean, Suarez has been a little bit hot under the collar mm-hmm. at Alex Bowman. And to me, I'm I kind of side with Suarez. I do too. I, I think that, you know, Bowman, you can't throw you two can't or three block blocks twice. in a in a yeah. row and you're gonna get run over. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the only thing that's gonna happen. And I mean, we know that Suarez is an aggressive driver, but at some point if his car is better and you're in the way and he's running the top and then you block and then he goes to the bottom and you block, at some point you're yeah. gonna get put in the wall. The yeah, and, and the rule for racing around the world, not necessarily for all of racing, but majority of it, is once you throw a block, you have to stay there. So, like, on a road course for people who are watching, if you're running, like, right behind a guy and you swing low and that driver in front of you blocks low, you can move back up the track, but that driver has to let you get that right side of the uh, lane or the road. Um, so. I'm totally on Daniel Suarez's side. I think he could have backed out of the gas and stopped from wrecking Alex Bowen, but he swung to the inside, tried to take a look going into turn one on a pass, and then Alex Bowman went down with him. And they I mean, pretty were aggressively. Very, very quick, very aggressively. And then Kai, uh, or Daniel Suarez swung back up on the track, went to the high side. He would have had more momentum, probably would have passed him. And Alex Bowman just stayed right in front of him the whole way around. And I think this is Alex Bowman's fault, like 95%. Uh, I think Daniel Suarez could have backed out of the gas, and he probably would have lost a couple positions, but he wouldn't have wrecked. But for Alex Bowman to ride him all the way back up to the wall, uh, you can't really do that. You're, you're, you've already conceded a block. You have to let Daniel Suarez, who is the driver you're defending he's the attacking driver he gets the lane once you block first and i know that there's there may be some you know 
different opinions about this, and people may say, well, they're still racing for the owner's championship, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. Those guys are out of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. You've got to know that Daniel Suarez, it doesn't matter where he finishes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't going to win this race. He had a decent car at best. Maybe Could have finished top maybe top 10, 10 yeah. at the best. You've you got to know. Like, yeah. you got to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just hold a driver up i mean yeah. come on i mean and and then for him to the you know the press afterwards where you know suarez is like well that was a dumb move like mm-hmm. that's on bowman and then bowman's like well i think what he did is dumb so there, it's yeah it's like but, a, a a sixth grade girl fight that just they're yeah. just gonna talk and, back and forth to one another and we see it at darlington the best way to pass is a, a slide job on turn one it's the best way to to make a pass successfully it's got probably the highest percentage rate of succession um at that track it's to look low drive the car in really hard and let it coast up to the wall and then get in front of them and just try and stay in front of the car you just passed and put dirty air on them and that's how you pass at darlington because it's really hard to pass in three and four with it being a wider turn uh, a lot of speed you you start that turn by the wall you you drive in a little bit and you're on the wall majority of that turn but turn one and two that's where you get most of the passing done um so the move for daniel suarez to take a look low when he had a run going that's a move that every driver is going to take yeah anybody's going to take and ross chastain would have 1000 percent take that taken that he would have sent the car right through ax bowman probably he probably wouldn't have looked up the track but i think for Bowman to to follow him back up the track, that's where the the incident was caused because Daniel Suarez's move was a move looking it was low. legitimate. I it mean, was a legitimate move looking low to to make a dive bomb slide job type pass, and once it was blocked, he's not just gonna ride the bottom and lose all of his momentum through the middle of the corner. He's gonna go back up on the high side when he has time and arc the corner out like you normally would if you weren't going for a pass and keep up momentum. And that's where Alex Bowman was like, no, you're not going to do that. And I think that's where the the problem happened because Daniel Suarez's move was one that any driver in the field would have taken, even Alex Bowman. Um, it's just the block up the track that got both of them wrecked. And it took out a, a really good run with Harrison Burton too, which I, I don't think he was happy. No, and, and poor Harrison just... <laughs> victim of circumstance i mean yeah. come on he had, and again it's not a dig on harrison but he just hasn't been good in that car yeah. and so it just it hurts a little bit to see someone having a, a decent day mm-hmm. and then get taken out by something else but again i don't want them to stop blocking that's not what i'm yeah. trying to say i like this i, I think like it's it. good i think it's so good. let's yeah. go ahead and get to our picks and then we'll be looking at kansas i I've said a lot. <laughs> I, I really like Bubba Wallace at Kansas. I don't think I'm going to ride him the whole way, but I, I think he's due for a win. But I'm going with his teammate. I think Tyler Reddick, based off the run that uh, that he had at Darlington, had a really good race in a car that is going to be really good here this, this uh, fall race. He was good in the spring. I think he can do it with the little bit of momentum that he has going with him. He's been kind of in the same boat as Kyle Larson. Had a good start to the year, but hasn't been able to finish races. Finished a race at Darlington. I think he gets some momentum, and hopefully I can go back-to-back on uh, successful picks. There you go. Yeah, because you, you did pick Larson I last did pick week. Larson. Man, 
I picked Chastain. He didn't do he didn't do terrible. Finished fifth. I mean, mm-hmm. Pat on the back for me. Um, I think both of these RFK cars are going to be pretty good, but I don't know if they'll be good enough to win the race. Mm-hmm. I think the person that needs to win the most out of this Toyota camp is probably Truex to make sure that he doesn't slide further down the playoff standings. I mean, he's he's still in the top six. He's plus twenty five, but I don't know if he pulls off a win. I think the big villain will end up getting a win, and I think. Denny Hamlin will take a win in Kansas and lock his way into the round of 12. I could see that. I I think him at Kansas, he was really good there a lot. Didn't he win Kansas uh, in the spring, or was that Michigan? I think that, no, I can't remember right now off the top no, of my head. No, because Chris Buescher won Michigan. Yeah. I think that was Kansas. He uh, got into a little bit of a feud with Kyle Larson, um, but he's been really good. That's the, right. Rick Larson going yeah. down the back straightaway. And ended right. up winning the race yeah. on the last lap. Um, he's been really good all year round. Had a really good race at Darlington. Things didn't go his way. Um, I, I could see that. I could see Denny Hamlin coming to Kansas. And, I mean, he and could do it back-to-back. Back. Yeah, he I mean, could he, do it back He was pretty good at Darlington. So Yeah. Uh, Kansas is a track that, as of this point in, in NASCAR with the cars that we have right now, it is a very even track. We've seen the Toyotas kind of take it over, but a lot of cars and a lot of underdog teams can come out here with a, a solid car, and it's really all about speed with the engine. you you got to have a car that handles good, um, but you can run so many different lines at Kansas. Um, it's really about horsepower. you got to have a car that's going to get out through the air uh, fast, and I think the Toyotas in 2311 have been able to do that really well. Um, so both of us going with the Toyota band, I, I think this race could be one of the best races in the playoffs. Uh, I, I think Kansas has developed to a, one of the best tracks we have, especially with the next gen car. Um, I'm really excited to see this race, but, uh, it, I, I don't know. I, I think it's so hard to predict who's going to win this race. Cause we have guys like Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick and Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex who we could kind of put out in front, but. It, it could go all wrong at one moment at Kansas, and, and that's what I like about this track. I mean, we could see Chase Elliott win. Yeah, so. we, we easily could. And, and this round was swept by drivers who weren't in the playoffs last year, which is the exciting side of NASCAR at, at this point. And uh, I, I'm so excited to watch this race this Sunday. Uh, thanks, David, for joining me. I'm JC Fickenshire, and thanks for stopping by The Garage.